you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast for two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Where's my leaf? Where's my leaf? I'm realizing I should have put my faithful sidekick, Madison Jones, uh, in the introduction. All right, start Where's over. My leaf? Start I need over. my I need my leaf. I can't do anything without my leaf. Oh, you got to get gravelier. Coffee. You got to do a little bit gravelier for Seth Rogen. I, I need my leaf. <laughs> That's not terrible, actually. I, I uh, need my leaf. <laughs> okay, well, when the Green Hornet shows up in Avengers three, guess who's going to be playing Seth Rogen? Jesus, <laughs> it's you, baby. God, um, God, we're doing the Green Hornet this week. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the Green Hornet, two thousand eleven. Uh, oh man that was the, 10 years ago it was yeah actually i think it was was it i thought i looked it up and i thought it was before that because it said the oh that's right because the dad died his obituary was 2010 i was mm-hmm. like oh wow this was made in 2010 it wasn't that was just when they were filming it so yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah um that tells you about yeah. how much we have for this movie gang that our opening is being dedicated to when the movie was shot yeah really I had never seen this before, um, but I oh. do. Um, I do remember when this movie was going to come out. I remember like mm-hmm. watching like the Comic Con where they kind of announced it or like something, uh-huh. and it was like a really big deal because Seth Rogen and I could be editing history or just misremembering, but I remember like this was supposed to be kind of a labor of love for him because he mm-hmm. like loved the Green Hornet. I think, like, if I'm remembering correctly, um, but. Uh, I remember like the the lead up to this was like a big deal. And then I remember it like not doing amazingly, I think, like or like it kind of like not getting like that critically. Um, yeah, I mean, I think generally speaking, it is not a well-received film across yeah. the board. I had learned something like um, from watching the first uh, beginning of this movie is that um, wherever uh, Seth Rogen treads, uh, James Franco just is not too far behind. Yeah. Like he just has to be in every fucking thing I, that Seth Rogen is in. <laughs> I liked his little cameo. I, mean, I did. Yeah. Yeah. You know, though, he was going to play Chudnovsky if they couldn't get Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I will say also that um, I do think this is loosely based off of Kevin Smith did a Green Hornet comic with a similar premise of the son of the original Green Hornet, who's now retired, has to take up the mantle. So I think it's loosely based on that. Got it. Um, okay. Which makes more sense than this movie, where the dad just like, yeah, I want a bulletproof car with like tire ruiners off to the side and like automatically. Well, I thought they were setting up that that he had been the Green Hornet before or he was doing stuff. And the way like, Kato explains it, it sounds like the dad was just like, hey, make me this wild car. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think Seth Rogen says at one point that like, oh, dad is getting paranoid, huh? Because of the rest of the movie, you could see like why he would be paranoid, but exactly. like because since he was murdered by um, a before he was like famous David Harbor, I guess. I mean, like yeah. I say that, but like I, I don't know what David Harbor did before Stranger Things, like noticeably. Um, besides, I think this, a lot like, of that, like a lot of yeah. just oh, David Harbor is playing the corrupt mayor, or oh yeah, David mm-hmm. Harbor's in this is like a firefighter. Like he didn't really, I think, do a lot. I mean, he killed it in this. He was like great. He did. He did he a great very job. Good. Very even, pol- evil politician esque. Um, mm-hmm. So let's get right down 
to the crux of it, Madison. Sure. Did you like this movie? I'm not setting up tomatoes. Like, we're going to have an actual discussion. Like, because this movie has a lot of the usual Seth Rogen film kind of problems with it. There's also a lot of really bad sexual harassment stuff going with Cameron Diaz's character. Like, I am not trying to put the way, like, but there is something about this movie I legitimately just really enjoy, and I think it's because this came out in 2011. Uh, the Dark Knight had come out two, three years before, and Batman be- or The Dark Knight Rises was the next year, and it was mm-hmm. just a superhero movie in the midst of the Nolan era that was just like, hey, what if we just like had fun yeah. doing this? I think we're kind of on the same page here mm-hmm. with that. Um, this movie was funny throughout the entire thing mm-hmm. like um like all the jokes like hit for the most part except for the ones that sucked <laughs> you know yeah. like that were yeah. suck and shitty like i kind of like took notes during it like like the three main ones are casual racism yeah, <laughs> like just like very casual racism dude gives a ridiculous interview where he insults a woman's age gives her weird compliments about her appearance and then gaslights her before offering her a permanent position mainly because she's attractive um like that's that's like my sum up summation of that uh mm-hmm. that whole scene with cameron diaz but like the other jokes <laughs> battle jokes like like the uh-huh. them being green hornet and stuff jokes and yeah him being this kind of like spoiled like kind of like ignorant like rich kid rich kid while his partner is like the most capable part of the superhero team right great like great every the, time. their fight the overly long fight between seth rogan and jay uh, chow yeah. or chu i apologize i'm i think it's chu but their overlong fight got me not because it was particularly funny but one of those things where it went on just long enough Mm-hmm. On another note, this is a bit more of a meta joke that I really loved. Cato's driving, uh, because in the 60s, driving acting was always like over the top and usually not very good. Specifically, I think Bruce Lee was very notorious for this in the Green Hornet show. Even when they're driving completely straight, Jechu is just pulling that wheel every which way. Mm-hmm. And it is hilarious because that's like a meta joke for the show green hornet where that was the way that bruce lee was drive acting and it was just a great little meta joke that they never drew attention to jay chu was amazing in this film he's amazing he's great he's in i see me too and he's really good in that yeah he's also like separately actually probably more famously like than his acting is he is a, a huge um mondo pop like singer <laughs> you know oh. like like he, he's like uh yeah he's i think that's where most of his fame like resides is him being a famous recording artist yeah he has like multiple albums apparently and um i was just like looking into him because i had actually never seen him before in like any acting roles i haven't seen now we see me uh now we see me or whatever now you see me (laughs) two whatever two uh yeah, I, but anyway, so I like him. He was great in this. I just love that, like, meta joke. But like I mm-hmm. said, I agree with you. Like, the Cameron Diaz stuff, it is played as, oh, I'm such a scamp, and I'm also, like, a piece of shit. And by the end of the movie, I'm going to learn my lesson. And she even gives him, like, a talking off when he comes to her house with, like, some of the research or whatever. And she's like, if you ever even look at my ass again, I'll sue you for sexual harassment. Whatever. And that was supposed to be this big, like, yeah, she did it, striking back. She's still, like, yeah. And it just wasn't good. And like, I don't know, it just, this is like half-ass payoff. It's a bad misstep in like, okay, so this dude is an asshole. He's arrogant. He's egotistical and everything. So we're going to show him do that. But we're also supposed to be cheering for him in the other scenes. Like somehow, like, you know, like, and not focus on his assholeness 
assholishness. Right, yeah. They don't do anything to counterbalance the douchebaggery yeah. effectively. Because he's still a douchebag as the Green Hornet. Yeah, and even at the end, I don't know if he really learned his lesson. Like, you know, like... Oh, no, but do... yeah, and that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying is it was, like, mishandled and that it was supposed to be this big, like, point where she really struck back at how shitty he's been. And even if he doesn't, like, learn a lesson, she scored a point for... I'm going to say PC culture. That's not what I mean. But this, like, yeah, she did it. She point to whatever her name is, Lenore, or whatever. And it just wasn't good because he's like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. And then, like, they just immediately dropped the whole conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say the last 10 minutes of this movie, after he gets shot... And yeah. they show up at his house, at her house, and like to get the bullet yeah. out of his shoulder are fucking wild. Oh yeah, it was like. You guys are Thank you. Assholes. What are you thinking? Don't give, us, what are you th- don't give me. Kiss the makeup later. Come on. I don't kiss him. I we got don't a bullet kiss. in me. You and I don't kiss. Uh, you guys might kiss. Uh, him. I don't kiss you guys. I've been shot in the shoulder. Well, then go to the hospital. No. Don't you see? The police know the Green Hornet was shot in the shoulder. If I go to the hospital, they'll know I'm the Green Hornet. Yeah, you've been shot. Ew. Ew. Here's what I need. Give me a spatula to bite down on and a knife. You gotta dig this bullet out of my meat. Do it. I'm cold. It's deep inside me. Spatula. Ah, okay, okay. Wait, Sherlock. What? Sterilize it. Stare, please, on all your gangrene. Say it, say it. Shondi. Shondi. Shondi forever. Okay. Hurry up, okay. it's hot. Okay, I'm ready. Let me see. Okay, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait. I'm not ready. Just stop. It hurts. Ah, okay, I can't do it. Take me to the hospital. I am so glad. I think that's something that could have easily been cut or something or like explain. I'm glad they kept that scene in with them showing up to the house like, oh, could you like take take this out with like you get you got to take this bullet out and like i don't know how to do this and then she like heats up a knife and like tries to do it and then like yeah and then at the end where they like have to figure out how he's been shot like logistically or so they fake assassin he's like and i hope to make this city proud of the daily sentinel like never before green holy sense regards Like he's just yeah. yelling this as loud as he can so everyone can hear him say he was shot in the shoulder. Yeah, that was great. But yeah, I like I said, to answer your question, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I like this movie. Could have done without all the other crap. Yeah, yeah. I like this movie with a very large caveat. Yeah, with a very large asterisk. <laughs> I kind of like wish they could like would have been able to like do more or do another story or something mm-hmm. or like maybe tied this in with another like if they did like some sort of like shadow like or mm-hmm. new movie or something like that i think that would have been rad but yeah who knows i don't know like because there are there are green hornet hornet comics right or was it always yeah. a radio play um it was both a radio i think it was radio play i know it was definitely a comic strip um based off of either batman or the shadow i mean that idea, that era, Batman is based off of noir, two-fist heroes. Other two-fist noir heroes are based off of Batman. Like, it's kind of yeah. a nebulous thing there. Like, I don't know exactly, remember who was based off of who. But yeah. um, 
this did cross over with the Adam West Batman, the 60s oh. TV show. They'd have a crossover episode with that, which was, I'll say, very fun in that the Green Hornet shtick is he's pretending to be a criminal. Yeah. Uh, so that he can get close to criminals and then bring them down. And there's this whole, like, see where Batman's basically like, I know exactly who you are, Green Hornet. And but like, trying to, like, fucking dance around the fact that they know the Green Hornet's actually a hero or whatever. Like, it's wild. Yeah. It's really dumb, but... I didn't know that was the concept of the Green Hornet, because mm-hmm. I, I really am not familiar with, like, the source material of it at all. Mm-hmm. And I love that concept. I love yeah. I love that idea, and, like, yeah. the idea of a hero uh, trying to do that. It's... Yeah, that's... When they explained it in the movie, like, had their, like, we're gonna be heroes moment, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's gonna be rad to see this. Think about this, Kato. What is the one insanely stupid thing every superhero has in common tights no cape no kato it's that everyone knows that they're the good guy the hero you know all the bad guy has to do is start capping some innocent people and he's got the good guy by the nuts he's got to do whatever he says it's in every movie it's in every comic book it's in everything it's so stupid but if the bad guy thought the good guy was also a bad guy, he wouldn't be able to do that. That's what we'll do differently. We will pose as villains, but we'll act like heroes. Uh, To bros, like, try to, like, be superheroes. Yeah, Um, I mean, their first mission, they go to, like, beat up some crystal meth guys while they're rocking out to Gangster's Paradise. Yeah. Uh, Another shining light of this movie, and I want to talk about it, is Christoph Waltz. Oh, yeah, (laughs) I mean, so good. He's good in everything that he's in. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything bad that he's been in. Or, like, that was bad because of him at all. Let's see. I have some. So this was just two years after Inglorious Bastards. And I think it's interesting because, like, a bit of film trivia, not to dip into some heedfulness uh, here, but Christoph Waltz was kind of a failed actor in Germany or Austria, where he was from. Like, he just, his career had kind of stalled out and he was going to quit acting. And then Quentin Tarantino saw him and something and called him to be an inglorious bastards, which then skyrocketed him into a career. I think this might be, if this wasn't the next thing he did after inglorious bastards, it was like the next, next thing. So I like that he immediately did inglorious bastards, maybe something else. And then jumped straight into a fucking Seth Rogen superhero film as the villain. And like, I just love that. He was like, yes, I'm just going to have the best time. Yeah. Well, the, his whole character is so well written Mm-hmm. And is a good concept of this like dude who is just like, oh yeah, I'm an old school like mob kind of gangster dude who runs a lot of like rackets in town. But like people don't feel that I'm scary enough. I want to be more scary. I want I want yeah. people to like be fearful of me. And like he's really like inwardly like reflective about it and like like uh-huh. self conscious about it. And like he's like I got two like that scene at the beginning with James Franco. He's so like, good. I made this gun with two barrels it was really hard to make isn't that scary (laughs) i just Uh, i love because he's got to go two barrels and he shoots all four henchmen with two shots and he grits one james franco and he's like i'm not scary you don't think i'm scary it's like shit you're scary you're so scary like my gun has two barrels it's very hard to make yeah it's like what is a disco santa you're like what is what is it you said it what is it it's this great comedic scene of james franco being scared and crystal vault just being like almost like a stern father in a way mm-hmm. of like now what does that mean you said it you must know what it means what is it why don't you think i'm scary and it was just yeah. so fucking funny to me well and i do like how james franco is just like reading him before that and one of my favorite yeah. like insults he throws at him is like you look like my uncle greg very nice guy but 
dentist. <laughs> but probably my favorite part, uh, my favorite like one-liner that mm-hmm. Christoph Waltz got was when he was on the roof with Popeye. And Popeye was the name of one of his henchmen. Right. It wasn't Popeye the Sailor Man. Right. And he is just like explaining this like like concept of this like red based villain or whatever yeah. i forget what i blood bloodnovsky bloodnovsky like bloodnovsky mm-hmm. is what his name was called and he's like I'm, i was gonna wear red for blood get it that's scary and cool get this be it my mask or your blood red will be the last color you'll ever see i say that to people when i kill them <laughs> Uh, he also like like in one sentence really fast says like the catch line that he's gonna say like Uh like super fast like we're like it has no like emotion or like or no emotion or like awareness of it and that's like be it my mask or your blood red red will be the last color that you see yeah i just i i like this movie and and crystal getting crystal vaults and letting him do this proves like it was just like hey this isn't like a serious superhero movie Mm -hmm. like it would be foolish to try to make the green hornet like a grim and gritty hero like we're just gonna like have a lot of fun with it because superheroes Mm -hmm. are kind of inherently stupid and like i just love that there was somebody in 2010 who was like making that kind of a movie even yeah if it was seth rogan yeah um yeah i like the the tone of it, it like fits that kind of era of movies too. Like mm-hmm. in a Seth Rogen movie that like he wrote, it does have his kind of like feel about like sure. of an action movie. Like you could probably compare this movie to Pineapple Express like very easily mm-hmm. and like sort of tone wise as far as like a crime comedy, right? Sure. Um, I've not seen Pineapple Express, so but I okay. believe you. With a few exceptions, stoner comedies are not necessarily my genre. Except for Bandershippy. I sort of half-assed for that and half was half-forced into that. Well, you liked this movie with caveats, and I like this movie with caveats. Yes. It may uh, not surprise you, Lauren. There are people on who did not like this movie at all. Mm-hmm. That's right, gang. We've stung us up some daddies to me. <laughs> sure. Sure. Our first review comes from an unnamed reviewer who gave us a half star. Corona bottle caps don't unscrew. Hot garbage. End of review. I mean, there's the part where they're in the the garage and Cato, like basically, um, much like that bottle cap challenge that went around semi recently, where people were kicking a water bottle cap off mm-hmm. with his bare hand, just like spins the bottles caps off of two bottles of Corona. And then yeah. zip around the garage. It's a really fun. That's not true. It's a really fun well, moment. No, you it's see not because that doesn't. It's a, not realistic, so it can't be fun. Yeah. Well, um, it, well, it's a really cool moment in the movie. It's not cool because it's fake. And okay. This doesn't happen. Okay. Go on to the next one. <laughs> Go ahead. Explain for the viewers. I think we got. I think we got it. <laughs> Paul D. Uh, giving us our last review here. I didn't get that many tomatoes, but Paul D. gave us a half star. Don't watch this film ever. Seriously. End of review. Seriously? Seriously. Really seriously? What was his rating on it? Half a star. Half a star. I mean, at least it matches. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. at least it's the same kind of emotional, like, or, like, 
his rating matches what he actually says and it has to do mm-hmm. with the movie itself not like other Rotten Tomatoes reviewers mm-hmm. oh um, sorry there is an entire paragraph here about the movie theater parking lot that I, I uh, actually okay. forgot to read I mean you could just skip over that I mean he might as well put that in white text so it blends into the background because it's useless. Um, anyway, those are the two reviews I have for this week. We'll probably cut that second one because we didn't get a lot of traction off of yeah, it. Sorry. But, oh, no. I'm not mad. It's just, I, Daddy's Tomatoes are spaghetti I throw at the wall to see if we so we come up with something <laughs> funny or if they like elicit some kind of fun response. I don't expect them all to. So I, Anyway, that is the end of the Tomatoes. Madison, I don't know if you have any fun bits for the listeners this week. I do. Returning from last week is everyone's favorite new game show within a podcast is More Like This. I'm going to get that wish. I'm getting that wish. wish. Yeah. So um, for people who didn't tune in last week, uh, More Like This is the new game show that I've created where I look at the recommended similar movies that you get on netflix or hulu after you watch something and i choose to get their starring role and take a little bit of um the synopsis um Mm -hmm. i take two movies that are real and give that to mike and read that to mike and then one movie i completely make up and mike has to come up figure out which one is the fake one I'm um, feeling good this week. I, superheroes are kind of my genre, so even if I haven't seen it, I feel like I've heard of a lot of them. That being said, I, I you're tricksy, so you you may get me. I'm just saying. Yeah. Of all the genres, this is one that I'm feeling pretty good about. Okay. So which one of these movies does not exist, Mike? Okay. True memoirs of an international assassin starring okay. Kevin James. Mm-hmm. He's not actually a hitman, but don't tell the CIA or Venezuelan rebels that. Mm-hmm. Demon Prince, starring mm. Joshua Ehrenberg. High school just got way more demonic than anticipated for Damien, the long-lost son of Lucifer. God. The family. An idyllic village in Normandy isn't mm. all romance, baguettes, and brie. Parlez-vous mm. witness protection? Okay, so I know the first one is real. Okay. I know the Paul Blart assassin cop is, is 100% real. Demon Prince sounds like the name of an anime that I keep saying Netflix recommend to me. <laughs> the family sounds familiar. I'm going with Demon Prince is the one that you've made up. You're going to lock in Demon Prince? I'm locking in Demon Prince. Are you sure you want to lock in Demon Prince? Yes, I do. Okay. Congratulations. You want to wish. Yes. Demon Prince is not a real thing, but it does sound like a real thing. Like, yeah, it does. I think I honestly believe there is an anime called Demon Prince that has been recommended to me by Netflix. Um, the family turned, sounded familiar. I, I kind of vaguely, but also Demon Prince, probably because of the anime, did as well. But I thought the family was going to get you because the parlay view witness protection mm-hmm. like like thing would be a total dumb joke that I would make. Absolutely. Uh, the only reason it maybe didn't strike me as much as the number of times you've mispronounced parley vu witness protection <laughs> well i'm reading like, all of these no i know i just mean if you had written the joke i feel like you would have put in words that you would maybe pronounce oh no no i set myself up That's for fair. failure all the time i mean i mean you agreed to do a podcast with me look at gestures wildly at my life um 
Wow. <laughs> all right. That's all. You get a wish. Um, Excellent. I don't know what that means or what that will oh, mean. Oh, I know what the, the wish is going to be. Um, I mean, I'm excited for it. It has to be within my control. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not going to wish that like for a billion dollars or whatever. Sure, sure. It's going to be I podcast know. related. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Oh, boy. This is dangerous. <laughs> it is dangerous. Game all right. Power. Uh, do you have any other bits that you want to do? Any tidbits? Any liquids? No. No, no. Just keep any it. Tid keep liquids? it Keeping it, um, is it tit liquid? Is <laughs> it tid liquids? Oh, tid liquids. Um, nope, I got, I think we should start. Um, we're keeping it heedless and dry. Heedless and dry. All right, let me go ahead and get our time started. Our time starts now. I have absolutely no ideas. <laughs> I have one idea for this. Okay. We introduce a new character who is a hero, but actually a villain. So the exact opposite of what Green Hornet is doing. Jesus. Okay. That's pretty good. I put the idea like the shtick could also be there. Think it'd be something that like kills hornets. Um, so okay. the idea is like, I'm here to stop the Green Hornet, the villain, the villainous Green Hornet, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the pest protector or like yeah. the, I'm the, the exterminator. Uh, let me pull up this. I, I took a quick screenshot of a list of... Yeah, are there any like actual so predators are bird, some bird species, the red-footed cannibal fly, bullfrogs, lizards, bats, spiders, badgers, and hedgehogs. So we could have some sort of like Batman that okay. I don't know if that's anything. A Batman? A Batman. A Batman. A man who dresses like a bat. Okay. Hmm. It sounds too weird to me. But do uh in seriousness, so it wouldn't be Batman. It would be a different Batman. I mean, yeah, we could do that. We could do some version of Batman. Um, mm, okay. I mean, I guess we could backdoor our way into the Batman, a Batman universe that way. I don't think so. What, are, what were some Spiders. of those again? Oh, there's a Spider-Man. We could do something with that, maybe. Spider-Man? Hmm. Yeah. Seems just odd. Bullfrogs, lizards, badgers, hedgehogs. I don't know if we, I think hedgehogs might be too silly. I think like a frog or something like that. Like like that might be very s silly too. But um, I could see a badger like because you know how they're like their kind of colors already kind of look like a mask of some sort, right? Mm -hmm. That like kind of like a white streak that starts at their eyes and goes down their body. I kind of want to keep the aesthetic of with this movie where it's like just like the suit and trilby hat with just a mask. Like I don't want to go full like Marvel superhero tights sure. and stuff with it with the costumes i okay. want to keep it kind of like crime boss or whatever like so i don't know about we don't have to do like a, a suit like this like a lot, nice overcoat whatever but i don't want to do like over the top masks and colors and stuff if we do do this kind of villain we can also okay. just stick with the crime family like we could actually do like a mob or mafia family kind of story like if we don't want to do the anti-hero I, I like the anti anti hero uh, kind of. Usually, anti anti heroes are called heroes. Yeah, like the fake anti hero or whatever. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the fake hero, like the actual. I, I'm fine with that. Like, we just would need to pick. We don't even have to do something that kills hornets. It could just be like mm -hmm. we could pick a hero shtick. Um, let's let's do. I, I think a badger is still a good idea, but it is like very similar. It is like trench coat, but maybe it's like a white mask and like I think like a full face mask would be fine. But yeah, like, I just don't want to go too yeah, spandexy. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it should be kind of similar to their uh, their own aesthetic, except it's like they're the opposite, right? Um, yeah. Because it seems like the number one predator of a hornet is a badger because they get into the larva in their nests. So um, we could say the... Um, the uh, We could do a color too, right? Like the mm-hmm. black badger, the, the red scarlet badger. badger. Although I guess badger. we just did Bloodnovsky with a red feet. Mm-hmm. Let's maybe probably shouldn't do green. Um, the yellow badger. The we could also uh, scoot like the amber badger or the the brown badger. The brown badger is not bad. Yeah, the sapphire he, badger. He wears like tweed and like Ooh. like like brown tweed and like um. I was thinking really like, more like a Captain Mal uh, from Firefly, kind of like okay. long coat, like brown long coat. Okay. So he's maybe more of like a um a cowboy like a cowboy kind of gunman theme. Okay. Like modern cowboy gunman yeah. thing. I like this idea because I think maybe that um what the conceit of Bloodnovsky becoming a thing in the first movie though him dying like mm-hmm. he kind of like started the villain like like themed villain kind of thing. So maybe this guy was his one of his like mm. predecessors or he knew him or something like that. And it's not a revenge story but it's kind of like he liked that idea like yeah i think it could just be like there's a power vacuum and i know i like the idea because the idea that that seth rogan and or whatever brit and kato are operating under is that if they pretend to be villains the villains won't know they're heroes Mm -hmm. so i like the idea of the hero the 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 whatever their enemy pretending to be a hero so that the citizenry and the cops or whatever won't know they're villains Okay. Like it is a means of committing crimes and kind of getting away with them because everybody thinks they're a hero. So what does that actually look like in practice? I think we need to like actually understand that. The brown badger shows up to um, a criminal thing that maybe they set up, right? Maybe that's the thing of like set up like some sort of like drug bust or some sort of like robbery or something just so they can swoop in and take the credit for being the hero but what is their villainy like angle like what do they secretly um maybe sometimes someone always gets away and then they reap the benefits of that person getting away like or do they get do they keep getting rewards from the city that i mean that probably favors influence um sure i think i i think the idea is they have a plan so they want to achieve something like they want to rob a specific bank that's unrobbable or they want like some way that they, the best way that they can get access to it is to accrue favors and influence by pretending to be this hero. Okay. So maybe it's more of a long con that they're building towards as opposed to they want to take over crime. They have a very specific crime goal like that. Like I got it. One crime. Yeah. So let's say they're building up to break into a vault or some sort of treasury or something. Maybe it's like the city's treasury or something like that. Um, and so they are building this reputation as a hero by setting mm-hmm. up these fake crimes that go on and like that the and that they are just to come in and uh, to come in and save people. So by the end of it, they're so heralded by the uh, by the um the city that they are asked to guard this treasury Mm, okay so giving them access to actually rob it in the process of that let's do a museum then 
um, okay. instead of like a vault. One, I just part of the vault thing with this plan rings of Tower Two a little bit. Baywatch Tower Two. Oh, okay. I, and it's not bad. Like I just that that kind of there's a similar vibe there. I think a museum gives it a little bit of a different vibe, and I like mm. the idea that maybe he's specifically after the Green Hornet to because like the Sentinel is running all stories like he's a high profile criminal at this point Mm -hmm. and i think the idea is like i'm gonna bring down the green hornet and stop him from in the whatever and maybe a thing we can play within is that some people start to notice crime statistics are actually going up as the badger is stopping green hornet like we play with that i also think maybe we need to tie this into brit personally as a story a thing i think we should start working more on is as we enter the third era it's coming from a place of like what is this like start with character kind of idea yeah because we start a lot of times with like a cool plot and then kind of fumble for what happens. I think maybe if yeah. we look at like, how is this, yeah. how, like, what is this going to show Brett in some way or Brett? Or does Cato learn something or whatever? Like, I mean, jealousy because this guy's actually getting credit for. Yeah, he's being kind of the hero that like mm-hmm. that the Green Hornet actually is or whatever without doing. He's doing it like the classic way. Right. And he's not. Um, and it's like. And I think that's what it doesn't make sense to them is like, how is it working? Like, how is this guy coming in and doing this yeah. every time? Like, um, it's kind of like when we started this podcast and I said, yeah, I'll definitely be the straight man and then got mad about it. Like, it's a similar kind of thing of like Green Hornet's like, yeah, we'll be criminals, but we'll save people. And now he's mad. Everybody thinks he's a criminal. And he's like, this was the plan. This was your plan. <laughs> this was it. This was this is what you were trying to make for. He's like, yeah, yeah. but like, I'm not getting any credit like you know like a baby spit on me last week yeah like i got some dude had a yo-yo and like just threw it right in my nuts i still feel it i still feel the yo-yo he walked the dog all over my sack (laughs) yeah so anyway okay so the we have about three minutes left so there's like a museum gala or piece or something that the badger wants to um wants to hit and yeah. the best way with all the security, the idea is basically like the only way to do it is if he's guarding it. So to guard it, he's becomes this character, the Brown Badger. What do, what do we think is in um, the vault or, or what do we think is in the museum? It has um, to be something personal to the Badger's alter ego because the sure. Hornet and Lenore and Kato have to figure it out at some point. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of like, oh my god, this was his plane the whole time, so he could steal the museum artifacts is kind of a leap unless there's something there that's... I got it. Mm-hmm. So we introduced the alter ego of the badger at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. as he is a famous artist and his mm-hmm. um, works are being are put on in the museum and everything. Mm. Um, and he is actually... Um, himself he does make the art himself and that he has gotten famous and they are legitimately his but there are insurance policies put out on them Mm -hmm. um, if they are stolen or destroyed so what he plans to do um, to make a lot more money than he's making right now as just an artist is to steal them claim the insurance money and then also to sell them on the black market that's good that's really good so he sets up this whole like charade um, where he is going to be guarding his own artwork so he can arrange to actually be stolen let's do this then also and it sounds like this is going to immediately sound really stupid so give me a second to like he has a, a unsuccessful twin brother who because we need a way for them to establish like the 
ah, I was home the whole time. It's like mm-hmm. nobody knows he has this twin brother. And that's another way that they can kind of catch him up is like as Brit yeah. runs into him or Lenore runs into him. And it's like the prestige twist of like, why don't you remember this? Because it was yeah. the other one. Like the whole, like that kind of thing. And that's another way they can kind of piece together the mm-hmm. clues. I like that. Um, so you're saying the artist has a twin brother. Or, yes, the artist does. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's how the artist, that's how ba- the badger can operate and not, it was like, well, we've never seen them in the same room together. Like maybe one of the first things the badger does is save the artist's life or whatever. Yeah. And then that way he can automatically, there's at no point does anybody think they're the same person. Yeah. So they are doing this heist together. Yeah. Uh, they're working together. Sure. And and I guess I think we can get into like actually like doing the movie and mm-hmm. or like I mean we kind of already are, yeah, um, yeah. but um, the actual plot I think mm-hmm. we need to see maybe um, <clears throat> the first time that we see the badger is when the Green Hornet and Kato are out on like just a regular kind of like night out doing their busting crime taking credit for crime mm-hmm. thing and the the brown badger shows up. Um, mm-hmm. during one of their like things and just kicks their fucking ass like right you know like and yeah. or maybe they he get they get there before them or maybe he just sh- maybe that he doesn't kick it they don't kick his ass they don't get their asses kicked the brown badger beats up the criminals that uh the green hornet was like before they even get there or something like that. they're or, they're like, going to like a meet with some criminals like a low-level sure. gang boss like the the armenians or whatever that chudnovsky mm-hmm. referenced uh, or the koreans or whatever and they're like talking through the plan when we get there we're gonna do this and then we're gonna blast them with the beanbag gun or whatever and then yeah. they pull up and they go into the meeting and they're already like tied up or there's already police cars there mm-hmm. like the brown badger and then we see like the news where the brown badger is like some cell phone footage of the brown badger like kicking ass and gunslinging yeah. and stuff they're um, like who is that guy he kind of looked like me, but he was like wearing brown. Like what? What's going on? <laughs> and then like they turn on the TV and they see the brown badger like on the on the news with the mayor or something like that. I love the idea though. Then of like the brown badger's like color. That's my thing. Color animal. My thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're like, "There's no way this guy is like legit, right? He's got to be like." You can't just do the hero thing like normal. Like we're, the whole reason we're doing this whole thing is because this is the only way it can be done, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the idea is more like maybe yeah, Seth Rogen's like or Brett, whatever is like they're what an idiot. Like he mm-hmm. like we're the smart ones. We figured out like it's the first thing somebody's going to do is take an innocent person hostage and whatever. Like that whole spiel. And Kato's like, yeah, I'm more concerned he's going to come after us. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, um, because ass, Kato? or whatever, like. Yeah, but maybe in the um, in that first battle or like in that first like scene, uh, the badger actually kicks Kato's ass. Like it's just like, and Kato's like, "Yeah, I'll kick his, I'll kick his ass, absolutely, I'll kick his ass." Um, when he's actually kind of scared of him, he's just like, "Yeah, I, up till now, I've been kind of been able to beat everybody, but that what things that he did, I've never, I've never encountered before." I like that idea. I still think for me, the opening is they show up at um they're like the meeting and it's already been busted up by the brown badger so they don't actually fight him yet okay i think maybe like in the footage they're watching kato watches him fight and is like yeah mm-hmm. yeah i could take him yeah and then i think but also i love the the bit like a joke of kato being like you know he's gonna come after us right and Seth's like he's not gonna come after us and he's like this message is for the green hornet i'm coming for you or whatever like yeah the- 
And then we can tell that he's like, oh, well, good thing you could kick his ass, Kato. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely kick his ass. Yeah. Ooh. Well, maybe he, like, they think it's like, oh, no, he's got to be doing the kind of the similar thing we, we are doing. Or he's kind of, like, like chopping our flavor. So they go and, like, record him doing, like, a bust or something. And then they're like, oh, no, he just, like, beats them up, ties them up, and, like, talks to the police and, like, runs off. And, like, he does everything like a hero would. Like, So they set up a meeting. And that's where he absolutely whoops Kato's ass in a fight. Yeah, yeah. And they barely get away. And that's how we can kind of give Kato the yips a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for this movie. And maybe like Britta's like, oh man, that, that was a yeah, good call taking a fall back there. And like Kato's like, yeah, yeah, it was a great idea. Like Hustling 101. Next time we fight him, he's going to underestimate you. Yeah, he's like, absolutely. <laughs> I like that. So what? let's do that. What is like, how do they clash throughout the movie then without... Him I mean, defeating them because through through montage, obviously because that's what right. a lot of the shit was done, like the 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 crime stuff or like the stuff sure. in the first movie. What I mean to say is, right now we have about a forty five minute movie where we show sure. montages and then they stop him at the museum or they fight yeah. him at the museum and then the movie's over. Like, what's the rest of the movie? I think like um, maybe. Uh, the badger is doing a good job at further like vilifying the green hornet in an exponential way like like even like higher ways like of just like the green hornet is a menace on this town um i'm going to take care of i'm going to go take care of him and everything and it's kind of like making like the green hornet to be like murderous and Mm. Like oh. way more evil than they are. Okay. I mean, they they Kato shot many people in that movie. <laughs> I mean, the back half of their car fell on an elevator shaft and crushed a man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, not an innocent man, but no, no, because I think the whole thing with the Green Hornet is like the brand, right? Of the mm-hmm. Green Hornet, like to me, is like is like so maybe it that that he's doing things to their brand and like pinning things on them. Maybe, maybe there's a crime thing that he busts and like pins it on the green Hornet um, to like divert attention. And they're just like, we weren't even there. And so maybe that's what they're like really heightens their thing of like, there's something up with this dude. If we want to add like more to the movie, Mm -hmm. maybe we do add more character stuff with Brit and Kato. Like um, maybe, I don't see any reality where Cato and Cameron Diaz's character or Brit and Cameron Diaz- Diaz's character actually hook up at all. Like, I agree with you. There's absolutely nothing. I think more like the idea of Brit is chafing at the Green Hornet being seen as a villain mm-hmm. because he's actually doing heroic things. Yeah. Would be a good place to start from. Cato getting the yips is a good place to start from. I think at this point we work on what's happening in their alter ego lives as Brit, Cato, and then also we work in Lenore um, mm-hmm. at that point. So like that's how we can make some more of the movie happen as well is by digging into what's going on without the masks. Like is she getting involved with the artist? Um, is I think she is maybe like her in the newspaper. Like they are. I think she has seen like the goodness in the Badger. And is mm-hmm. kind of on the Badger's side because he actually seems like a real hero. Like, mm-hmm. you're right. And it's like a good thing, like, for the town. Like, like um, I think maybe they publish something. It's like, crime is down, like, 10% in a month. And then uh, Brit is like, hey, I thought we weren't going to post this, like, fake stuff anymore. And it's like, no, this is real, right? 
I think an idea should be then that she actually is getting like a chance to be the journalist with the newspaper mm-hmm. and they've put her on the badger beat, I guess like sure. a lowest lane Superman kind of thing where like her job is to report on what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and then that's another reason that Brit and Cato can start to get kind of mad about how she's like writing positive pieces about him. Well, and the green Hornet aren't getting as many pieces in the newspaper. Exactly. Anymore. And all of the ones there are more about like more focused on the badger hunting down green horn or whatever, not about their actual doings. Yeah. And I don't know, we could add like a, like a sort of romance subplot between her and the person that is the badger. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if we want to like, or like a sort of like Lois Lane, like Superman. Yeah. Thing. I mean, I'm, um, I think the, the artist needs to be and their human persona needs to be in the movie or friends with some of them because mm-hmm. that's one way they catch them out with the twins thing is because sometimes they don't remember conversations that were had oh, or yeah. whatever like that. Like Cato Brit was like telling them some story and then or like a joke and the person thought it was really funny. And then the next time they tell it, they're like, <laughs> they, they laugh just as hard. They're like, man, you've never, I can't, I've never heard that joke before or something like yeah. that. Maybe this is like at a party where like the brown badger had to like slip out at one point and like uh the brother had to come in and like be the new be the stand in and yeah or something like in like, in yeah. Brit is like because Brit is like a like I think he would go to socialite things and like things yeah. at like a museum and like whatnot so like Brit is like it's really weird that he laughed just as hard at that joke like that he did earlier like. I mean, it's a good joke, but it's not, like, that funny. Like, Well, but also the idea of, like, that's amazing. I've never heard that before. It's like, I told that to you yesterday or something yeah. like that. Like, I think also the idea is that the brothers are both the badger. So, like, it's not yeah. that one of them is the badger and the other isn't. Like, they alternate. So, like, mm-hmm. while one of them's doing something, the other can operate as the badger or vice versa. But I like yeah. the idea. I think that we need to have them, the at least the artist character, in the plot as the artist with them so that they can start using that to piece together. Like they can piece together via the artist thing. Oh, it's the badger. And that's how they're doing it. Okay. But we know it's not because one of their first saves was saving that artist from muggers. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. They don't remember store whatever. Like they can piece together based off of what they don't know. And then also the idea of um, maybe Brit taking journalism more seriously and digging into that aspect of being like a hero actually starts doing investigative reporting, like digs mm-hmm. into the artist and finds out, Oh yeah, they have a twin that nobody knows about. And also like their parents were trick shot artists at the cert, whatever, like sure. that explains their whatever this. And like, I think they add more to Cato's thing, like mm-hmm. because he, he might be a little scared after he got his ass whooped and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. maybe he is also seeing the opportunity here and just like maybe this is when we stop we can we can retire like we can be we can retire and like live the good life and like run the paper and i can stop uh make coffee like i can make coffee and like we can live the good life and everything interesting i like that a lot actually and brit is like no what no we're we're the green hornet and his trusty sidekick like that's that's what we do that's our lives and it's like, well, we don't really, we're kind of useless. We're obsolete now that the Badger's in town. So what's the turnaround on that then? For Well, I think like Brit has to put together that something is up and convince Cato that it's like, oh, we need to go to the museum right now. Right. Or something like that. Right. I mean, what is the, the turnaround then for Cato that he has like now 
signed back, like more convinced than ever that they need to keep doing this. I get like he convinces him to do this one last job, but what mm-hmm. does he like see or what happens that he's like, oh no, like without the Green Hornet and Kato, that it's we're like, we have to keep doing this. I mean, maybe we go with the way because in Speed Racer, I uh, rewatched that recently. Rex tells Speed that like a racer, or no, when he's Racer X, he tells him like a racer has a reason to get into their car. And when you find yours, I hope I'm there to see it or whatever. So maybe Kato's like, the first it was just like this cool adventure and maybe there's mm-hmm. something that happens here that Kato is like, Oh no, like we are doing good. And like, this is maybe my, what I was born to do. Like while my weirdly specific skills intersect in this job, I'm needed here. Not just beyond. So Brit doesn't die. Like it could be going out as just like in his like alias persona or like, I mean, as, as he, he's just going out on his bike and, he sees like a crime happen and he's expecting that the badger to come forward and like stop it but it's an actual crime right you know like it's not one that the badger set up or anything like that and him seeing like well i know that the badger can't stop all crime but i kind of expected him to show up then he goes around and like he's like there's still crime happening like Mm -hmm. and like so maybe that like is what leads him on to it but maybe there's also like something of like, oh, like there is room enough for both of us, like both of us in this town, like or but yeah, it, it's not really getting into the heart of like what is driving him. I like I think I think you've hit a good like vein, though, there of like Cato seeing the ramifications of mm-hmm. of the job, maybe so like. The way they do it is they go out, they hit a gang, they find out who their supplier is, they hit the supplier, then they find the lab, they hit the lab. Like, methodically, they work their way back. And I think maybe, like, maybe the badger just, like, hits a lab and then kind of, like, stops there or whatever. Or he goes around and hits all the labs. I don't know. I'm thinking of a way of, like, the way that they do things is more methodical. And without them, even the bad the way badger's doing it or whatever, like... I don't know. I, I, I think you, you have a good nugget there. I'm just not sure like how we build around it. I think it's like we're trying to find the heart of Cato and his yeah. investment in it. And it's just like not. In... It's almost like he was kind of a one dimensional character made to do karate. Yeah. It could be something that where he stops a crime after he's like kind of like turned in his keys and everything like mm-hmm. um, and, and he just does it as himself, mm-hmm. not as the driver or the the sidekick or whatever and he sees the power in that like kind of like just like oh like i have these abilities and i'm not using them what 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 am i gonna do go sit around and just like live the life live the life with bread or whatever like go make coffee in my like or work on work at some garage or something like after i've done all this amazing things like i have a gift like here i like that I like that a lot. I think the idea that um, there isn't another job in the world that utilizes these kinds of abilities that he has other than actual crime. Yeah. And maybe it's kind of also being seen as like the sidekick and that that's like a thing where you explore Mm -hmm. during the movie. Just like, oh, whatever your name is, it's not about the name or the brand or anything. It's like, oh, I'm a hero. Like, I'm a legit hero in this town. Right. 
because I think that at the end of the movie, Britt starts calling him his partner. Like he has sure. a dot. Like, but I think the world at large is like, oh yeah, it's a sidekick, and he's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what they call you, right? I think that's actually a good bit then that we can play with because he keeps telling Cato, doesn't matter what they call you, you're a hero. And then when he starts getting mad about the like, yeah, they just keep calling us villains, and he's like, I thought it didn't matter what they called you if you're a hero or something like that. We can play with that aspect. Especially once they stopped the badger and it was revealed he was a villain the whole time. It's like, well, they're gonna the city's gonna need us now. Maybe like we have a dumb joke at the end of where like Brit is like, We're in this together, like fifty fifty, all together. This is you and me. And you know what? You're no longer Kato or the side you're not the sidekick. You're not Kato, you're the Kato. <laughs> Like, or something like that. Like, and like, Brett thinks that's really like emotional and deep, yeah. and like, like, he's really like making it a big thing. And then Kate is just like, cool, man. <laughs> cool. I like that a lot. Oh, that's a good ending. And like, they drive off into the sunset. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about the museum fight. Um, sure. And the, I mean, I think we're home and host at this point. I just, I think we need to touch on the museum fight. Um, I think like it's a series of like, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I like the idea that by the end of it, all of that dude's art is destroyed by like yeah. being like, and so he still, he would still get the insurance money on it, but he's also like, like imprisoned in the process and like is, is framed for doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but I just wanted, I, I like the idea of that. It is like completely destroyed. Actually, I have a, I have an idea for that. Maybe the art isn't destroyed or, or it can be where it can be a fake out. I have the idea that Brett and Kato steal all of the art and okay. then, they're like, hey, um, Lenore, we need we need a favor. And then she's like, okay, what's that? And basically they sell all of his art on the black market anyway and then just give that money to like charity or whatever. The oh, idea okay. being no one's going to know that they did this good thing, but Britt doesn't care anymore because the good is done. Yeah. Like that, okay, that kind true. of is a part of the cap of that character art. And I, I mean, they still are criminals. Like it's still like, oh, they revealed that he was a criminal the whole time, but they still stole the art. The Green Hornet is a menace and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea. So um, what if they set up because they need to do that? Mm-hmm. We, we set up this scene where Brit has an idea um, or a plan. Mm-hmm. And it is actually like, oh, he he lures the badger out into like a fight one on one. And he gets his ass just handed to him, like nearly dies. But it's like a long battle of like him running and like barely like barely like landing any hits or whatever mm-hmm. but we're it's revealed that during that fight Cato and lenore were stealing all of the art while that he was yeah. distracted and then replacing it with like fakes or something like that or forgeries i have a great scene in my mind of during that run the greenhorn throwing faberge eggs at the sure. badger <laughs> yeah sure yeah 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 <laughs> i like that like i like the idea that the, at by the end of this yeah. The museum is like destroyed. There's a lot of art that is just like completely like uh-huh. unusable. There's I'm trying to think of like other things. Like there's like a statue that gets like mm-hmm. like like turned over, and there's like a mural that has a bunch of bullet holes in it, and it just kind of ups the Green Hornet like villain oh, yeah, thing exactly. too. Like it's like all of this is getting blamed on the Green Hornet, but it's also being revealed that the Badger is like because I like the idea that they keep the fact that the Badger was a villain like a secret like the police don't like yeah like well shit they're like in city halls like we can't let people know that we've fell for that yeah so they're like the green hornet killed the badger or whatever like yeah he ruined this museum oh you know what they do they ship off the um let's say like the 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 paintings and like the 
works mm-hmm. of art that the artist had done was due to be sent to another museum. Mm-hmm. So they ship off the um, the fakes. So mm-hmm. that stuff still goes there. And so when that guy is like, oh, like all my stuff was stolen or like all my stuff, he can't even claim the insurance on it. And then also also the Green Hornet and Cato and Lenore sold all that stuff on the black market. Yeah. And like, I like they nail him for like tax fraud or for insurance fraud instead of being the badger. So no one actually knows the artist or his twin brother were the badger. They yeah. think it's insurance fraud. Yeah. And then it's like the Green Hornet, like they like leave a bloody pile of the badger outfit like there. And it's like they killed the badger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this. Now the badger has no reason to exist because it was all leading up to this plot. So he, they have right. no reason to continue to do it. Yeah. I think this is good. I like this a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the idea of there's a sarcophagus. Like the badger comes into a room and he can't find it. And they like, Brit like quietly opens the sarcophagus from the inside where he was hiding and creeps up and gets like a couple punches on him. And like, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Any fun art shit. Maybe they're like scaling a glass wall or something like that is like has, you know, the shards of glass sticking out and mm-hmm. like light hits it and it makes like a cool pattern. Like they're scaling that, but then they're like cutting their hands up. It's like, oh, God, why are we doing this? This is a bad idea. This is a bad path to like run up. There, there's a fun bit where they like throw or Burke gets because I think his gas gun doesn't work against the badger. Maybe the face mask sure. that he has is some kind of like also gas mask or whatever. So at one point he like gets thrown into a, like a case where like a caveman stuff is and he gets like a spear and starts trying to like stab him with a spear unsuccessfully and like yeah uh, there's a dinosaur skeleton that they fall into and start like yeah. sword fighting with bones like yeah love it i think i think i think they i think that's it like i don't know if we yeah. need to put a button on it but i think that's kind of like how they they um, beat him and stuff no i think the button is the kato i think that's a good scene <laughs> for the button they're yeah. talking about the the donations or whatever blah blah, blah. Uh, and then the kato the button we do need to decide still though madison so what do we call it? So I think it is the Green Hornet 2, colon. Mm-hmm. I know we don't always have to do the colon, colon but... I'm fine with the colon. For um, me, it's usually either the Green Hornet, colon, something, or the Green Hornet 2. I think if you do the colon, you don't need the two, but I'm not also going to fight fight anybody on that. That's just my personal taste. But Green Hornet 2, colon. Anti-villain. <laughs> anti-villain uh, is not bad, actually. <laughs> do something with Sting. See, we didn't cast who's playing the Badger, also. That oh, yeah. Be. 2011 2012 around there i mean like jay baruchel we could get him in on this jonah yeah i was thinking like sasha baron cohen or something like that like that's kind of sasha baron cohen is actually very good yeah that's actually kind of kind of like i think he could play it up and stuff and like yeah i'm that's that's it it's sasha baron cohen yeah okay so the green hornet wait did we just say green hornet 2 colon sasha baron cohen (laughs) no no sorry um the green hornet 2 colon the green hornet 2 Badger Knights. <laughs> the Badger Knight rises. The Badger Knight rises. I honestly, I think it's an, the Green Hornet 2 colon anti-villain. Anti-villain. Okay. I think that's really good because it plays with the anti-hero trope. Yeah. And we haven't come up with anything else. So. Okay. The Green Hornet 2 anti-villain. Yeah. Did we do it, Madison? We did it. Did it. Did it. Killed it. Killed it. All right. Well, if we did it, that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones. Tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers, including the back of an old, old, dusty comic book that you bought because you're just slightly curious of the cover in like an old Mm -hmm. bookstore that clearly has some like water damage and it has that like old, dusty book smell. In the back of that, there's a code. 
um, and a website. You put that code in that website. It redirects you to the Equalizers page. Wow. That was a journey. Yeah. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. And as always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in SQL. We'd be grateful if you would give us a review and subscribe. Uh, five stars would be great. But anything you think is fair, take a penny, leave a penny, take a review, leave a review. Be great if you would help us out there. Just also just tell your friends. Like I keep saying that every time. But just like if you see this episode, cross your feed, put it online and be like, hey, you might like this. Word of mouth. You don't even have to like say that you think it's great. You just see be like, hey, this is a podcast people might like. Put it on Facebook, yeah. Twitter. You should tweet this at Christoph Waltz right now. This episode. Be like, tweet hey, Sasha Baron Cohen and be like, yo, anti villain? Anti villain? Just that. No other. The link to the, the episode and the words, yo, anti villain? Tweet Seth Rogen too. Get everyone in on that. He's a yeah. screenwriter. Also, tweet Jay Baruchel. He's not in the movie. But we talked about him a little bit. Yeah, we mentioned his name one time. Yeah. Special thanks to the Banana Boys for our theme song, Tuesday's Strutting Out their debut album, Technicolor Girl from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching The Banana Boys. And as always, they spell that B O Y E S like in Oh Yes. Oh Yes. The full album is on streaming services now. Next time, gang, the call goes out. And it's your movie, Madison. Do you want to give the call? Next week is our 104th episode, which. If you listen to our 52nd episode, that was The Avengers, uh, Mike's passion project of creating a, a interwoven uh, shared cinematic universe, shared cinematic universe where it combines like a bunch of the characters from a lot of the movies we have pitched over the years, over our first era, um, our first 52 episodes. This next one I have written. Um, and do you want me to share the title? So with that, next time the call goes out, Avengers, assemble! For Avengers 2, colon. Ooh. <laughs> All right. I've not heard the title. I know two things about this movie, two tidbits uh, that mean nothing together, but it excite me so much. I'm so fucking stoked. So, for the Equalizers. I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms, and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead, and we'll do the two-step strut. Come on, dance with me.